Well, praise God. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Look at somebody right around you and just say, man, I'm glad you showed up. It's a good place to be here this morning in church. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to be preaching some of the message that I didn't finish last week. So I don't want to review. I'm just, if I start reviewing, I'm just going to get tied up into what I preached last week, and it's just going to get long, and then y'all are going to start looking at your watches, and then, you know, all that. So I'm just going to skip all of the reviews. So if you didn't get last week's message, then, you know, go back and watch it. The video's there. You can, you can get us, see it, look at it. So, so I'm just going to start off right on point five I was at last week. So go to Isaiah 35, four. Get your Bibles out. And Isaiah 35, 4 is where I want to start. No, I don't want to start there. You're close. If you're going for Isaiah, you're close. Go to the, to the Old Testament book, Hosea. Okay, now Hosea, you know, you get past Jeremiah, Ezekiel, start running towards Matthew, and then you're going to run across Hosea. Or just go look in the front what page it's on. It's not a book that you, you know, just like, oh, it's right there. Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12. Now, if you want to read a strange, not strange like weird, but different uh, book, just read the whole book of Hosea. You know, he was a prophet called unto the Lord, but God did some strange things with Hosea. But right here in verse 10, I mean, chapter 10, verse 12, he says something. And this is what he says. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Now, I believe that is a word for this time. I believe with all of my heart that anybody listening to this this morning, watching this video, listening out there and today in church, this is a word that we've got to hear today. We need our eyes to be open, our hearts to be open, to come to an understanding of what does it mean to sow in righteousness, okay? Now, sowing in righteousness doesn't just necessarily mean like you're trying to be good all the time, because the bottom line is you're not going to do it. Look at the person beside you and say, I think he's talking about you. If you think you're going to live in perfection, if you think you're going to do everything right, if you think you're not going to make any mistakes, if you think you're not going to have any wrong thoughts, hello? Well, you're crazy. You're lying. You're just being a hypocrite because you're acting like you don't have those thoughts, but you do. Everybody does. If you're a human being on the face of this earth, you're not always going to be thinking right, no matter how much you try. Okay? But there's a difference in what Hosea is talking about here, because he says you can sow. Hear me now. You can sow. In other words, working the ground, planting seeds, sowing, trying to produce something, trying to grow something, trying to make something in your life. You can sow unto righteousness. In other words, you can set your heart that you want to live righteously. You want to be righteous. You want to do good. You don't want to be evil. Hello? You can set your sights for that and say, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Right? And then you can sow and build on that. But the problem is, is 
where people sit, what righteousness is. Just because you believe something does not necessarily make it true. Are you all with me? It's like I told you all this before that I saw this on Facebook. Uh, it said that, you know, when you, when in 1946, when you bought a, uh, a vehicle, that in the owner's manual was the timing, how to set the timing on the, the motor. And now today, when they're in the manual, it says, don't drink the fluid in the battery. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we've gotten really stupider, you know, that you have to be told, don't pop open the cap and drink the battery fluid, you know. But used to you're setting the timing. All right. Just because you believe something doesn't mean necessarily it's right. You have to have a basis for what you believe. Are you with me? You have to have a basis. You have to have a baseline or otherwise it, it, it makes no sense. You can't just invent what you want to do. Because if you did, then you would say, well, you know, uh, the baseline I want to set is if anybody makes you mad, I get to shoot them. And then who wants to vote for that? Okay, we all like that. You make anybody mad, just shoot them. And you create that, right? Then you'd say, well, this doesn't work. Hello? you got to have something to have a baseline. That's why I say there's no baseline that can be set except the Word of God, the living Word of God in your life. If it's not in agreement with the Word, then you've gotten off the baseline. So if you're going to sow for righteousness, you have to sow for things that are productive to what lines up with what the Word of God says. And if you say, well, I don't, I, you know, trying to, trying to say things right today and not getting too much trouble, but uh, because nowadays, not only have to worry about not making y'all mad, but I have to worry about not getting thrown off the internet, you know? And so, so what I'm trying to say here is that you cannot set your own baseline. You cannot set what you claim is truth unless it's based upon something. And the something that it has to be based on, if you truly want to sow to righteousness, is what the Word of God says. It has to line up. But then people say, oh, well, but you know, the Word of God it has a very wide interpretation. And you, can do, you can interpret it this way or that way. I want to tell you something. I've been studying the Bible of all of my heart for 35, 36 years. And I can guarantee you what, yeah, there's, some, there's a little bit of various variation in the way that they translated one word here, there, whatever. But the base of it is all the same. I mean, the base of it, of God and the nature of God, it's all the same. You don't, you know, you don't buy a King James Bible and it says, God's going to kill you. And then you buy a new King James Bible and it says, oh no, he's not really. And then you buy an Amplified and it says, yes, God is all love. And then you buy a New English translation and it says, no, everything is fine. You know, they don't vary that much. That's bull. That's an excuse to not do what you want to do. Because the bottom line is, your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. Okay? So God uses Hosea and he says, man, holler at the people. Declare aloud. Sow for yourself righteousness. Build you a garden of righteousness. Work on your farming. What do you farm? I'm a righteousness farmer. Huh? But then he goes on here and says, but you're going to have to break up your fallow ground. In other words, those hard places in your life, you're going to have to... Work them out. You're going to have to break them up. You're going to have to get them to where seed can be sown because they're not being productive. 
For it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Now he goes on and he says, you have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your mighty men. Therefore, goes on down here and says, therefore, you know, you've got problems. I'm going to paraphrase it for you real short. Shorten it up here. Okay. So I want to talk to you right now about sowing. Sowing. Because he says here, when you sowed, you're going to reap. All right? So now go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And I want to get into here about sowing. How do you sow righteousness? What is he meaning? Let's put it in something that we can understand. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 is the scripture here, Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved, blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice he, di he divided it up into three areas, spirit, soul, body. Hello? Spirit, soul, body. In other words, the three parts that make you up, the spirit of who you are, the, 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 the spirit of God on the inside of you, living in this earth suit, if you let me call it that, who has a soul, who has a mind and a conscience and things going on. He divided it up into three things, spirit, soul, and body. So first thing I want you to understand about sowing is Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. There's a law in this kingdom of God, because it's the kingdom of God is what I've been talking about. There's a law that, that works. I guarantee it works. It works as, as it does the law of gravity. There's laws in the kingdom of God that will always work. Just like right now, if I drop this bottle of water, no one is expecting it to hit the roof. If I drop it, everybody in here is going to expect it to hit the floor. Why? Because we understand the law of gravity. You drop it, it falls, right? There's laws in the kingdom of God that are going to work. It doesn't make any difference what you're doing. It doesn't make any difference. You're full bone, heathen, I mean, cutting up cats in the black backyard, got you a cauldron over there, whooping and a snorting. It ain't going to make any difference. Or if you're the greatest saint, sowing and reaping is going to work. It works in this world. Sowing and reaping works. It always works, just like gravity works. It says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. When you sow into iniquity, when you sow into uh, uh, something that's bad, let's just say this. You sow into anger. You just hate everybody. You know what you're going to get back in return? Anger. Because what you sow, you're going to reap. It's a law in the kingdom of God that always works. Just walk in. You don't believe me, I'm right. Uh, 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 I'll just pick on Jimmy here. Jimmy, he got convenience stores. Just walk into one of his convenience stores, walk up to the clerk and say, I think you're an idiot. This whole place is terrible. This is the worst dump I've ever seen in life. Uh, you know, give me $20 worth of gas and see what kind of reaction you're going to get. Now, they may be trained to say, oh, God bless you, sir, but their thoughts are going to be somebody needs to hit that person in the mouth. <laughs> Am I right? We're trained to behave, to, to, to behave correctly, but I'm telling you what, you're going to start. But you walk in there and you do it completely the opposite. You walk in there and you smile. You walk in there and you're nice. Man, I tell you what, I understand the law of so and You don't know how many times, uh, and I don't even know now, I haven't been in an airport in this whole year. And, uh, but I, I used to, whenever I was in trouble, I would look, I would look for a person and I'd find somebody. I didn't look for somebody that looked nice. 
I look for somebody who looks like, look like they're having a bad day. And he said, that's crazy. No, because I'm going to sow into them. So I'd walk over there and say, ma'am, I'm sorry to bother you, but it looks like, you know, I know it looks like you're having a hard day, but I'm having a hard day too. And I did, can you help me? I, I really, you know, this is, this is a great airline. I really, you know, enjoy flying with y'all. And then the whole time so I'm repenting, Lord, forgive me for lying, but, you know. <laughs> And I start being nice to the person, and the minute you see her face change, you see a smile break, and they'd do anything in the world for me. Why? Because I understand the law of sowing and reaping. I'm going to sow goodness because I need goodness. I need favor. I need blessing. Okay, well, if you're in life and you're just saying, well, I don't, I don't think that's right, preacher. I'm just going to be who I am, and everybody's just going to like me, and everybody else is going to have to change. I'm telling you, you ain't going to, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. If you're ugly and you're mean and you're hard and you're calloused and you're gruff and you're whatever, and you keep sowing that direction, you're going to be reaping that. And you can try to change the doctrine. You can try to go around and turn it around and do do it differently and say, well, I just don't believe that's true. Listen, your baseline's wrong because you're not believing in the word of God because God put it into effect. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So if you've been acting ugly and then you're going home crying, nobody loves me. uh, Hello. You've got to start sowing into righteousness if you want to reap it. It's a law of God. Now, how are you going to sow in the spirit? Do you know that in the book of 1 Samuel, Israel was crying out because they wanted a king. They didn't want God to be God, they, be their king. They wanted a king, somebody they could look at, somebody they could put a robe on, somebody they could say, that's our king, and point to him and say, there he is. And so God said, man, that's it. I'll give it. Give them a king, but go tell them what the king's going to do to them. And so Samuel went up there and told them what people said, this is what his king's going to exact taxes on you. He's going to do this. He's going to make you go to war. He's going to take your kids. He's going to do all this kind of stuff. And he's like, we want a king. So God says, okay, they've not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being their king, so let them have a king, all right? Well, when you're going to sow into the Spirit, you've got to understand something. Some people don't want to deal with thinking because they don't want to think about the Spirit because that's like, ooh, Casper the friendly ghost. You know, they're they're scared. They don't understand. They say, oh, I don't get into spiritual stuff because they're like Samuel. Like we're in 1 Samuel, Israel, they want to see a king. But let me tell you something. God was their king. Do you know that Samuel, after it's all over with, after they have coronated Saul to be king, that he goes off and says, <clears throat> it's kind of like he's walking away. He says, <clears throat> oh, by the way, I just wanted to show you all today is the harvest day. And I just wanted to show you your king who was God. Uh, it's going to rain today. There's going to be thunder and lightning. It's going to rain on your harvest. Just to show you that he's God. <laughs> Here comes a big old storm up rains. And everybody's like, uh-oh, God really was there. Yeah. Sowing to the Spirit, John 6, 63 is the best example. Jesus' own words. Jesus said, it's the Spirit who gives life. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life. Now, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm telling you, that's why I have y'all this year reading your Bible five chapters a week, because it is what sows to your spirit. Now, just imagine if you got if you could 
get three parts of you standing here, your, your spirit, your soul, and your body. And whatever you feed is what's going to be the healthiest. All right? So if you feed your spirit the word, your spirit be dun 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 Superman. But if you don't ever feed your spirit, let's just say you feed your brain, then you, you're, you're like a big egghead, right? And a little wimpy spirit and a little wimpy flesh. Or let's just say, man, you're, 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 you're steroid and tateroiding it up over here, man. You got all kinds of muscles, but you ain't got no brains and you ain't got no spirit. Okay? If you're going to feed the spirit, the Bible says the, only way, the, the best way to feed it is to feed it the word. Because the word spirit and life. There's something, listen to me, church, you got to get this in your heart. This is not just a book. This is not ink just printed on paper. This is the living word of God, the living, living. It's alive. You say, well, I don't see it. I don't eat, don't drink. No, but when you're down and you read this, it has the ability to leap into your spirit and touch your spirit and raise your spirits and build you up and strengthen you and to give you wisdom when you didn't know it. It has the ability to do that in a second. Well, I don't believe it. Okay, you're not going to get any. Your spirit's going to get weak. Another way to build your spirit would be just prayer. Okay, fellowship with God. Take time to pray with God. I was, uh, the other day, I mean, sometimes I get, like, even I get stupid. I was, I was just praying, and I said, you know, Lord, you should have just wrote it all down about prayer, you know, like, help people learn to pray. And he's like, I did. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. Our Father who art in heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a prayer to teach us how to pray. And I sort of kind of laughed, and I went over there. I was looking at it and sort of kind of chuckling to myself. Yeah, you did. It's, all, it's pretty black and white right here. Yeah. But see, everybody took the Lord's Prayer and just prayed as a prayer, not as an outline for prayer. Right? It's just like, okay, we have the magic prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And everything's going to change. No, it was an outline for prayer for you to learn how to pray. To talk to your heavenly father. The first thing to do is worship him. Uh, father, work in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? And then the second part is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? Then you're, you're, it's his will, not your will. It wasn't a prayer to just throw at things. It was an outline for you to learn how to pray. That's how you build your spirit, by doing things like that. Okay? Let's go to the second one. If you so are you building your soul, Okay? Now, I like this proverb, Proverb 26, 27. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. You know, I've told you all this about, the, about this year and about the elections and things that are going on and, 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 and trying to get frustrated. Listen to me. If you keep your mind focused on all of that, you are going to be sowing to your soul the wrong food. And it will drive you into depression. It will make you give up on everything in life. It will discourage you. I've told you from the very beginning, this whole thing going on in the world today is not about political party. It's about God and it's about the devil. All right? It's about causing souls to get lost. Hear me now. Whoever digs a pit's going to fall into it. I know that everything going on in the world today, that whoever dug that pit 
they're going to fall in it. Because you know why? The Word of God's true. It's, not, it's the baseline that it's all set on. And, and whoever's going to be rolling stones, you know, it's going to come rolling back on you. All right? Let me give you another one here. Philippians 4, 8, 9. How are you going to sow to your soul? Well, the Bible tells us. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. And the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me ask you a question. What are you thinking on? In your daily walk, in, in, in every day of your life, how much time, what are you spending your time thinking on? Just think about this. What are you spending your time thinking on? If you're thinking on worry, if you're thinking on fear, if you're thinking on anger, if you're thinking on justice and revenge and whatever, if that's what you're thinking on, then whatever you sow, you're going to be reaping it. There's no way around it. Don't get mad. Well, if everybody behaved, then I wouldn't have to be like this. You can't go there. You can't do that. You have to take responsibility for your own life and for your own thought life and for your own actions. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if I like that or not. I'm just telling you how to live in victory. This is about this whole message trying to tell you how to live in victory. If you're going to think on things that are ugly and so to unrighteousness, you're going to reap to unrighteousness. You are going to be unhappy. Amen. You are going to be depressed. You are going to be discouraged. Amen. The glorious thing that we have is we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. And you can walk outside, especially in these days when it's cool and you can look at the sun and you can look out there at the, the, the everything going on. If you can stay out of the cedar dust long enough and, uh, you can find things of beauty to look on. You can find good things to look at all the time. But listen to me. You have to be, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. What are you feeding your mind? What are you thinking on? And if you're sitting around thinking on it, well, that's why you're thinking on bad things. That's why you're discouraged. That's why you're depressed. There's no, I mean, I'm praying today that y'all's eyes are open. You hear this message today because this is so simple. But I'm telling you, you can, you can argue all you want to. You can go take your antidepressants. You can go to, go to the doctor and try to figure out what's wrong with you. But I can tell you what's wrong with you. It's what you're thinking. It's the truth. You know it's the truth. You just don't want to admit it's the truth. How many of you? I never know you go there. <laughs> I just leave that alone. Leave the women alone, little Robert. <laughs> Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. Moses told Joshua, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And it shall observe, do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Oh, wow. That's what I just said. Right? So this morning's message, I know that y'all have probably all heard this. Y'all have all heard that message. But I'm just saying, are you doing it? Are you building your spirit? Are you building your soul? Are you sowing into righteousness? What are you thinking on? What are you dwelling on? The bad report? The economy? The presidency? Who did what wrong? Who did this? Who did that? Oh, I can't believe they did this. Oh, I can't believe they did that. Oh, my gosh, they did that. Oh, 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 oh. for long, you're just nuts. 
For a long, you don't like anybody, anything. You used to like something. Now you don't, don't like nothing, man. You're just mad. You're tired. You're depressed. You're waking up in the morning. You can't even get up. You don't even want to live. You don't want to go to work. I was just telling um, some folks a while ago about, you know, I was in San Antonio last week, and I just wanted to jump up and down and start telling people, would you please just take your mask off and smile at somebody? I mean, I can't take this. This is just too rough. I mean, the whole place looks like, 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 you know, like prison camp. And there's no joy. There's no peace. I don't feel it. I don't, I go into stores and I'm just like, what in the world, you know? And everybody says, oh, get across that line. It wasn't on the dot. I haven't got the protocol down very well. Everybody's like, get on the dot. And I'm like, oh, I don't see no dot. What are you talking about, dot? I don't know what you're talking about. Dot. I didn't do very well. I probably got a C minus on my behavior with the Lord that day. But I told him when I was going home, it was good. It was only a C minus. Because, I mean, there was an F. Minus in there somewhere that I was thinking that I didn't learn to turn loose. Okay, now the third one, the third one. Okay, so you're sowing to the spirit with the word, you're sowing to the soul with what you're thinking, but then you, it, there's a body here. All right? 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you? Our bodies are the temple of God. Now here you go. We've got videos of Dr. Brown preaching messages. You can go back and they're in the archives. You can just go back and look on the Waterhole site. You can just go find them and talk to them about all the, the, the health messages that he preached on. But I want to tell you all something. I don't like it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I don't know why God did it. I'm going to talk to him about it when I get to heaven. Right now, he doesn't answer me on it. It seems to me that if you just laid around and rested, your body should be stronger. <laughs> That seems logical to me. Don't work it so hard and you wouldn't have any problems. Does that not? Come on. Y'all, can y'all see my reasoning here? You know, so laying on the couch, eating potato chips should be good for you. But it's not. And it's the craziest thing in the world that how you have to exercise your body in order for it to remain healthy. And so, you know, Dr. Brown, one of the things that I, that I got from his message, he said, if you just walk 30 minutes every day. And so I did it. Man, I was faithful. My wife, I was faithful right there for a while. I was faithful, man. I was dedicated. I was sold out. Christmas came along. You know, and then it was too cold. And then this, and I, I fell off the wagon. I lost my chip, my walking chip. And you know what? After about two weeks, I started to feel it in my body. I could feel it. I was like, this isn't right. This isn't fair, Lord. I mean, this is ridiculous. Why does this happen? Can't you do something? And, you know, he says, yeah, go walk. <laughs> Take those two legs of yours and go walk. Go ahead and do what Dr. Brown said and go walk. That's the way I created your body to be. And I was, you know, I, I, I busted my, my finger open the other day and, and I was watching it heal up thinking, man, your body, my, your body is so amazing that, you know, it can take the cut and the bruising and start to absorb the blood and then it starts to grow and it's, it gets all new skin and all this. Look at us. Why can't I just lay here and you do this? <laughs> right? Why, why, why doesn't it work? Why didn't you give me your God? 
God, what didn't you create like that? He says, no, walk. So I got back into walking, complaining and walking. And then I finally realized after this message, you know, I got to quit complaining because the complaining is nothing but sowing to my mind. And I got to get that straight. So I said, quit complaining. And then so it's not fake right now. I just, you know, you got to sometimes fake it till you get there. And so now I'm like, I just love to walk. It's great. Let's go walk. Let's go outside. Come on. But man, I'm feeling better, feeling stronger. Instantly see a result after two or three days after being off for two weeks. I can't argue with the evidence. You can't feed yourself rat poison and then wonder why you're sick. You can't say, Doc, I, Doc listen, I, I just got this craving to eat rat poison. Love it. Tastes good. Doctor, are you crazy? You can't do that. And some of the things we're eating are rat poison. Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies. You know, there's all kinds of, listen to me, I, I want to say this. There's all kinds of diets, all kinds of things out there. But I'm going to tell you the best thing that you can do is pray and ask the Lord what to do. And let him lead you and guide you and direct you. And if you come up and say, Pastor, I prayed and the Lord said, Rocky Road died. That's one song. <laughs> I'm going to say, man, you've gone to the flesh. You're sowing to the wrong flesh. It's not, you're, I'm, uh, you're, it doesn't line up. But I don't know about all types of foods, and I'm not going to know that this morning. Like I said, go listen to his messages. But I just know that it says Daniel purposed in his heart, and I believe if you purpose in your heart, God will lead you in the right direction. That's the bottom line. You just say, God, this is my body. I purpose in my heart. I want to I live for you. I want to I I be strong in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. I want to be strong. Lord, I purpose this in my heart, and God will get you there. If you don't want to do that, you don't believe what I'm telling you the truth, well, then, you know, just go on. But remember, the pit that you dig, you're going to fall in it. Okay, so now the, the next point here, and I'm just going to go over it quickly. The sixth point here in this message about the kingdom of God is you've got to understand so the law working is sowing and reaping. I just showed you that. But the next thing I want you to understand is, because it goes right along with sowing and reaping, is consistency. All right? Look at Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Now, I hope I'm helping you this morning, not just boring you and you're ready to go home right now. You've got plenty of time. Got plenty of time here. And if you don't like what I'm saying, it's really irritating you as I'm preaching this. Well, then I want to tell you something. <clears throat> I'm right and you're wrong and you're going to have to get over it. I know you don't want to hear that. and That just added to you agony. But I'm telling you, I know what the word of God says and I know it's right. Okay. Genesis 8:22. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. You know, I don't go to bed at night wondering and, and so, oh gosh, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow. That's, I got enough things to be thinking about. I am not worried about the sun. I'm not worried about the moon coming out. Right? I'm not worried about the rotation of the earth. Y'all following me? It's going to happen. It's consistency. It's consistently going to happen. All right? Why? Because God set it up that there's going to be seed time, but then there's going to be harvest time. There's going to be planting and working, but then there's going to be reaping. Good days. Eating what you have put your effort into. 
So when you're sowing into righteousness, there comes a day that you get to eat from it. You get to be blessed from it. It gets to touch your life and, 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 and move in you and, 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 and start to bring fruit. Okay? 1 Corinthians 4.1. It says, let a man consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. You're not going to have a, a good righteous garden unless you're faithful with it. It takes constant work and constant maintenance. You do not just go plant a garden by throwing seeds out on the ground and then hoping that they grow. That only works in squash. <laughs> I mean, literally, if you can't grow a squash, squash plant, you know, I mean, you may have bugs or something, get the, the, but if you can't grow a squash plant, something's really wrong with you. You've got like nuclear contaminated soil because you can take a squash seed and throw it out there in the middle of the caliche road and that baby will produce i mean they're unbelievable right at least make a vine may not get any squashes but you'll get something okay anyway a steward has to be faithful you've got to be faithful with your garden the sixth point i'm trying to say here in this whole deal is is that faithfulness is a part of your life you have to choose to be faithful God is faithful to you, but are we always faithful to him? The Bible says God is always faithful. His faithfulness is always going towards you. It's always going towards you. Even if yours isn't coming to him, he's still doing it towards you because God's not going to say, if I'd had enough of them, sorry, suckers, won't serve me, won't put up with them. No, that's what blows my mind about God and the love of God. You can just be going the wrong direction and then stop and turn around and he's right there. That is such a, woo, that's why I love serving Because that's how good God is. His faithfulness never quits. His faithfulness is always there. His faithfulness is always going out towards you. Okay? Now, John 12, John 12, 24. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Do you realize that there is a loss of the seed, but a gain in the harvest when the pro produce is produced and the seed from it. In other words, you plant one corn seed, but you get three corn ears with, you know, 90 to 100 and something grains of corn on there. You follow me? So you sowed one, but you got more but most people don't want to turn loose of the one. Those are the people that count God as a loss. They're the same people that say, well, I don't want to give because if I give, then I'll have less. That's their mindset because that's what they've sowed in their mind. Because you're looking at the seed, the one you have in your hand, you don't want to give it. You're looking at the one seed, but the seed has got to fall to the ground. In other words, you've got to make place in your life for sowing unto righteousness, if you don't, you're still holding on to your one seed and you're not going to get any fruit out of it. One of the greatest messages I ever heard in my life, and I'll give him credit for it, uh, was uh, the Pastor Randy Needham, who pastored this church in the beginning. One night on a Wednesday night or maybe on a Sunday night, he preached a message called Lordship. It's a matter of the heart. And that night it hit me that I was serving Jesus as a servant because 
you know, he was the son of God and he saved me and I was going to do it, but I wasn't serving him as my Lord. In other words, I hadn't yielded my whole life to him and given up everything and said, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do, no matter what it cost. And I did it. That night, I got on my knee in the church, just on my own there, and just got on my knee and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I've seen that you've, you're my Savior, but you're not really my Lord, but tonight you are. And it changed my life. Changed my life. Because, see, people don't want to go into lordship because that means you have to do what he says. And we don't want to do what he says. We want him to do what we say. Oh! We want to serve God because we want to get him to do what we want him to do. We're in the kingdom. I'm a son. You should be doing it for me, Lord. And you're a spoiled kid. You're just a spoiled brat. Trying to manipulate the father to get you to do what you want him to do. When the truth of the matter is, if he's the Lord of your life, you're just simply a servant saying, Lord, here I am. What would you like me to do? So it has to fall to the ground and die. And if it doesn't fall to the ground and die, well, then it's not going to produce any fruit. The seed has to be sown. Then he goes on, he says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him and my, and my father, him and my father will, I will honor. Wow. I would rather have the honor from God than the honor of any man could ever give me. Not going to see it till I get to the other side, but I'd rather serve Jesus. I'd rather have, let him be my Lord and Savior and Master and serve him and step to the other side and be honored by him than anything this world could offer. Amen? Amen. Did y'all hear the one the other day about the guy? I think it was in, uh, was it not Minnesota who won the big lotto? 700 and, 700 and something million. No, he gave us a billion and he was going to get 700 and some odd million was what he was going to get in the payoff. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah, y'all are like, yeah, that's hoping it's me. His life changed pretty quick, right? I, never, I haven't heard anything about who it was or because they always hide, but I've never seen. But I guarantee you, whoever it is, their life changed. At first, they were just trying to pay the bills, and the next morning, they're trying to figure out what are they going to do with $700 million, right? Trying to figure out who showed up at their door, knocking on the door, saying, hey, I'm going to help you, help you with your money. <laughs> but they're really trying to help it into their pocket versus... Truly trying to give them good financial advice? Hello? But the truth of the matter is that's what happened to you the day that you gave your heart to Jesus. You were a poor pauper. No way you were going to make it. No way your sins are going to be forgiven. No way you had a chance to be right with God. Then all of a sudden, in just a moment, in a flash, you gave your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And at that moment, all the world became yours. Every promise in this Bible became yours. All the goodness of God became yours. And if we would just learn to cooperate with him by sowing in righteousness, by being faithful with it, well, then, folks, I want to tell you something. The world's yours. 
But as long as we keep arguing with him and fighting with him and going over here and we sow some righteousness and sow some iniquity and sow some righteousness, sow some iniquity and sow some righteousness. Oh, how are y'all doing? Bless y'all. Oh, great. God bless y'all. I've been praying for you. Over here and said, sucker, somebody ought to kill him. He ain't no good. That's sorry. No good. Some son of a motherless goat right there. And he said, ah, God, get him. Kill him. Put him on there. Come cancer on him. Kill him. God. Over here. God bless him. Oh, God. Yes. Hi. How you doing? You can't go that way and sow righteousness and iniquity all at the same time. You've got, you got such a goofy garden, it's amazing that you ever got anything produced. And you need to stop and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been trying to grow all this. I'm sorry. I just want to do what your word says and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to listen to your word, build my spirit. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep my mind thinking on what your word says on things that are good and pure. And I'm going to feed my body to keep it the temple of God and strong so I can keep going for you. And if you set your heart to do that, you'll find success. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, put your Bibles up. I didn't finish, but oh well. Sudi, come up here and play. By the way, y'all don't know, sweetie's my wife, so I always forget about saying that. I am. So I want you to just stand up if you would, church. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? I want to ask you today, everybody in here, do you know you're right with Jesus? Do you know you're right with God that if you died today, you're going to be going to heaven? Everybody out there watching, listening in the, in, the, in the viewing audience, I want you to ask you, do you know you're right with God? Today is a day not to let, let go or, let, or take lightly. The days right now are crazy. And we need to be right and know that we're right with Jesus. And so I just simply ask you that question. Do you know it in your heart? Because you know it in your heart if you are or not. If you're questioning, well, then I want to pray with you. We've got a prayer team up here that can pray for those of you here in church. But everybody out there watching, if you, don't, if you want to be right with Jesus, the Bible's real simple. It says if you just call on him and ask. It's like I said a while ago, if you just turn around, he's right there. And all you got to do is simply Pray and ask him to invite him into your life. You can just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I want to be right with you. Today, I'll make you the Lord and Savior of my life. And right there, he will. For those of you in the building today, that's why I have a prayer team up here. If you're not sure that you're right with Jesus, don't leave this building today until you do. Come up here and pray. It's been more and more I've seen people coming up and giving their hearts to Jesus. And I want to tell you something, it's the greatest exciting thrill for me because I know that eternity has been changed. And that means everything that we've ever done and everything we've worked for is, is, is all, it's all good. It's all paid for, for a soul. Amen. So don't walk out of the building today if you're not right with Jesus. Don't walk out today. Listen to me. Come up and pray with one of these people. And just say, I want to make, make him the Lord of my life. For those of you that, you know, you know you're right with God, but maybe today you got challenged some. 
Maybe you're not sowing to the spirit. You're not sowing to the to to your your soul. You're not sowing to your flesh, but you got kind of convicted. You felt that little, you know, that little prick of the Holy Ghost. Well, then I want to pray for you just right here. God sees your heart. He knows your heart. I'm going to pray over you. So you just open up your heart and let the Lord take it right now. Father, I just declare in Jesus name. You see every heart in here. You see everything that we're, we, what we're thinking, what we've done, what we've sowed to. Whether you're the Lord of our life or not, you know it, Lord, and we know it. But today, Lord, I pray over the people out here. I pray over the people watching and listening. I declare, Lord God, that we heard the voice of God speaking to us today. And it's our heart's desire that we want to sow into righteousness. We want to be building our spirit, building our soul, building our flesh so that we can serve you with all of our heart. Because Jesus, you are the Lord of our life, not just this, our Savior, but the Lord. So, Lord, today I just thank you for it. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to touch them. And I ask you to take this message and drive it deep within our hearts and our souls. So that as we leave today, Lord God, the enemy will not steal it. We'll go out of here, Lord God, understanding and our eyes open to know how to produce a good, righteous garden that we will sow in righteousness, Lord God, for you. So bless them today, Lord. Put your hand upon them. Thank you for this glorious day of all the babies, all the families, Lord, today, dedicating their children to you. So, Lord, we thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for giving us people and souls this week we can minister to. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for if you need anything. 